at this time, this is really exciting. We have um, a musician that a lot of you are probably familiar with, a great Carnatic vocalist, Rupa Mahadevan, and uh, she's got a brand new album. Rupa, how are you feeling? Good. Yeah? I'm excited, yeah. Good, 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 good. Um, so tell me about what, what was the genesis behind this this album? What was the idea? Um. So, you know, I do a lot of live gigging um, in and around New York City, um, in India, and um, various parts of the country. Um, and what I realized was that I didn't have much music in the interwebs. <laughs> um, and, you know, some of my friends would say, hey, where do we go to listen to you? And I couldn't really give a good answer for that if they didn't live in New York City. Um, and, you know, the way sort of people are listening to music now, it is so much about what's available virtually for people. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided that I needed to put something out there. Um, and it felt kind of the most right for me to kind of start with my roots, in a sense, um, and do sort of a more traditional Carnatic album. Because mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I think, too, that the audience right now that listens to Carnatic music regularly... Um, kind of knows where to go already, and there there are a few sort of outlets that do that kind of music, and um, that's there for sort of the insiders, right? Um, but I think I see my audience as sort of broader than that group of people, and I'm really kind of excited to share this music that I hold so close to my heart, um, and that has sort of formed the basis from all of my musical explorations, um, to be able to share that on um, sort of platforms that make it a bit more accessible too, and that bring in some new listeners. Yeah, and Sometimes it's it's helpful to know something or other about a music if you're new to it. So what what are the things that people should know to help them along when they when they first exposed to Carnatic music? Yeah, so um one can think of Carnatic music as sort of the um, the, the classical or art music tradition of southern India. Um, there are obviously many types of musical traditions. This is one. Um, and it's uh, kind of an interesting combination, I would say, of improvised music as well as compositional music. Um, so a lot of the compositions that are sung um, were created in sort of the analogous period of um, some of your traditional Western classical music composers in India, so 18th century and 19th century were sort of a rich period of creation um, for this for this mm -hmm. tradition. So a lot of the compositions are from that era. Um, but then, you know, I would say, too, that there has been a steady kind of um, steady sort of productivity, for lack of a better word, of music that has been sort of accepted into the canon. Um, you know, they tend to lean male. And I think on future albums, the, the composers, the composers yeah. yeah. And so I would love to take on that project of sort of making more known, um, you know, the, the female composers in this tradition as mm -hmm. well. Um, but uh, so, so in this particular album, you, you will hear composers from the kind of 15th century through today. Um, and uh, the languages predominantly used are Sanskrit, Tamil, Telugu, and Kannada. Um, and Tamil, Telugu, and Kannada are from the southern region of India. Um, and I think it's it's kind of a wild music. <laughs> I think um, there's a lot of dynamic range. So you can hear pieces that are sort of calm and meditative. You can hear pieces that have a lot of um, frenetic activity. Um, there's a wide range in sort of the pitches that you hear. 
Um, the the subject matter often is devotional, um, uh, but it, it doesn't have to be. Um, and you and we use a lot of different ragas in our concerts. And so if you sit through a two-hour Karnataka concert, it's likely that you're going to hear at least five or six ragas. All right. So you yeah. got that on the Hindustani people. I know. <laughs> that is true. We, uh, yeah, we fit a lot in there. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So this is a historic moment, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to... Um, wire up Rupa's computer because this is yet to reach uh, the the interwebs that she uh, mentioned before <laughs> and um, what's what's the piece that you have in mind as a good um, starter let's start with uh, one of my favorite ragas it's called Purvi Kalyani um, to me this is a very quintessentially Carnatic raga Okay. For the reason that, on the one hand, it can be poignant, um, kind of emotional, uh, and and feel very like a sincere attempt by someone to communicate something very important to them. At the same time, I think this particular song really shows you how fanciful it can be, too, and how there's sort of this undercurrent and kinetic energy about it, that it doesn't necessarily keep you still in an emotion, but can, can you can kind of transform emotionally through the piece. Um, and I actually learned this from uh, a, a great Carnatic musician named T.V. Shankar Naranen, who is alive today and um, received one of the highest honors, the Sangeeta Kalanidhi Award from the Music Academy. Um, and I still today remember the first time I heard him. Um, I was six years old in a high school auditorium <laughs> in San Jose, California, um, and he was on tour. And I was so taken by the way that he was just so joyful and in flow when he sang, mm. which was in contrast, I think, to the impressions we have of classical musicians as sort of being very serious, right. very inward. Um, it's almost like they could get, they could care less whether anyone's watch, watching them. You know, right. the he was very ostentatious, but not in a in a show off kind of way. You know, mm-hmm. you, you just felt like you had caught him in a great moment, you know, and he, right, was, right. he was flowing, he was vibing. And just the way he interacted with the accompanying artists, I remember it was Mysore Nagaraj on violin, um, and then Tiruvarur Bhaktavatsalam on Mridangam. Uh, so, and he, you know, they are kind of looking at each other, he's saying, Bale, Sabash, you know, there's sort of this camaraderie on stage feeding off each other, which I thought too was so, so great. And that's, that interaction between musicians is something I've come to love about Carnatic music, that the dynamic mm. range and the types of compositions really allow for that, mm. um, and that it's truly teamwork. Um, and if you think about sort of the role of the mridangam, for example, as a percussion instrument, it's not just to provide like teka or to keep a beat. It's actually to enhance the composition. And in some ways, you want them to have their own kind of conversational voice, you know, in a composition right. when you sing a song. And so... I think TV Shankaran for me really brought that um, the vivaciousness that's possible in Carnatic music. He brought that possibility uh, sort of to my attention, and I'm mentioning all of this because he actually taught me the song. Got it. And so when I was thinking about what Kriti would I want to include, uh, it was definitely this one because for me, Purvi Kalyani was kind of the one of the first ragas I really fell in love with. All um, right. Carnatic music. So I will play that. Let me pull it up here. We're so in the flow here that we didn't want to uh, 
be so crude as to to prepare. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, we want to be we want to be as natural as possible for the for the audience and and just play whatever came up at the you know from naturally from our conversation. This is called Gusts from Elsewhere. That's so I've given each song an English title as well. This is called nice. Gusts from Elsewhere. Um it's also called Inda Paramugam Yede. It's in the language Tamil. Um, Raga Purvi Kalyani, um, a composition of Kavimani Desi Kavinayakam Perlei, and it's in an eight beat cycle, which we call Adi Talam. Okay. All right, let's go. Inda Paramugam Yede. Inda Paramugam Oh, 
right. Music from Rupa Mahadevan's upcoming release. What, what, what's, what's the name of the... the uh, oh, I know. I know because it's a <laughs> clever title. It's six, six Yards of Rupa Mahadevan or something like that. Rupa, Rupa in six, six yards. yards. I'm glad you think it's clever because I've been testing it. And a lot of people are like, you know, I think they see people who know what a sari is know what six yards is referring to. Right. But other people are like, you mean like the yard, like shipyards? <laughs> <laughs> or in football, yeah, six yeah, yards. Exactly. Yeah. The whole six yards, right? Like the whole, <laughs> the whole six yards. I should have named the tracks like second down, you yeah. know, four yards. <laughs> like Just one more yard, you're almost there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fourth and one. Um Yeah, or that yeah, the tracks with a half. Yeah, fourth yeah. and a half. Exactly. Um so uh, who the really great violin player Mridama? Who, who else is on this? On so the just album? two, uh, uh, you know, uh, traditional Carnatic music generally has uh, a violinist or a melodic instrument and then a percussive instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, so mridangam, which is like a two-sided drum, like if you took a tabla basically and like glued the t- <laughs> the bottoms of tabla the t- tablas together. Oh great! I have a oh. set, so I could okay. just do that. <laughs> <laughs> And this is how it all goes down. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so on the album are Anjana Swaminathan on violin. Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, Rajesh Srinivasan on Mardangam. Great. Yeah. So um, both of them I really, really enjoy playing with on stage. They have such positive energy, mm. and it really feels like a team when right. we're together. Now, the very end of that piece, was that an improvisation where she was shadowing, shadowing you so perfectly? Yes. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you said something that piqued my interest. You said that th- the composers wrote for the for the mridungam or for the rhythm accompanists as well as for the, the vocal or, or melodic kind of lead. Are there times that they're like different or are they like not a unison thing or is it or are there times that the the melody ends and then they have a particular rhythm written to follow so actually the the composition is not written for the merdangam uh-huh. or violin player it's really written as a song you know it's, yeah. it's the song and there isn't a concept of harmony so much in sure. indian classical music so really the harmonics are created through the interplay Mm-hmm. of the frequencies that you're hearing, the interplay right. of the mridangam and the violin with the voice. Um, and I think that's what's so cool about Carnatic music is I could be singing in a pattern of fours and the mridangam player could be p- playing in fives, over my fours. Mm. You know, so um, I think, and then, and same thing with the violin, you know, you're right in, in hearing the shadowing that happens. Um, and actually a cool thing that Anjana did in this album is in many places she has created actually more traditional harmonics the way Western, you know, folks think about it oh, um, by holding out, you know, no, um, kind of different Long notes tones yeah, that, like for, that. that create in- interesting chords. Um, the, viol- the role of the violin is a very interesting one. I think um, uh, it's I think it, it, it would be odd to a listener who hasn't heard this music before to hear, especially in Alap what the role is of a, of a violinist. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's a very challenging position to be in because you have to somewhat mirror what the vocalist is doing and yet bring in your own sort of aesthetic sensibilities to it. Um, and so generally you'll have, during the vocal alap, um, it'll be the vocalist kind of shadowed in a sense by the violinist. And then the violinist will have his or her turn as well to do a solo. Mm. And I think I'm always 
thankful for that part because then I really and feel like, break. yeah, and they can do their thing, you know, yeah. rather than being sort of um, tied to kind of what the, the vibe that the vocalist is giving. Sure. But I think the beauty in working with a f- few vocalists um, over time is that they can really start to anticipate your style. And then you also sort of are responding to them too, right? So if I do like, she might, you know, and Jana might, might do, or, it's up to her how she kind of shadows me. And then that becomes the thing I'm responding to next. Right. So there is actually a conversation that's being had between vocalist and violinist there. And it's a, it's a lot to keep, hold together, right? I mean, you've got to keep these really long compositions in your head. And then you've also got to be, which is much harder than, than the shorter kind yeah. of Hindustani totally. kind like of Totally, like a small bandish. Yeah, yeah. so you've got to keep all that together. And then you also have to be present enough to be re- reacting to yeah. all the other things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so what do you do when the, chip, when the chips are down and you see it just evaporates and you can't remember where it goes? Um, you know, I have had moments where I've forgotten lyrics or... We have a thing called antra, which is like the second verse, you mm-hmm. know, right. where the, un- the, the melody like the of the... Un- yeah, the B section. So you have A section, B section, and the C section. C is like the bridge, right? But c- after you pass the bridge in C, you actually have a repetition of B, but with different words. Mm-hmm. And often the mudra or the, or the composer's signature will be in the second half of C, right after the mm-hmm. bridge. But since it has the same tune as B it's sometimes easy to go and repeat those lyrics. And so that's happened to me before. Oh, okay. And then I'm like, well, wait, you know, the Akraja's name has to come in here because he's the composer or, you know, Shama Shastri or mm-hmm. Papa Ramsam Shivan, whoever it is, their mudra has to be in there. And then, you know, you're like, oh man, I really messed that up. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I sang their song without attributing anything to them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, once you're in the flow, you're in the flow. And I think what that's an interesting point because in a way, I think, different listeners are there for different reasons. And I think some people are very much lyrics people and they really connect to that aspect of the music. I would say increasingly more as we are so global in our, you know, language abilities and aesthetics and stuff, I'm seeing more and more people connecting to virtuosity in music, connecting to kind of vibe, groove, um, and just the raga itself, you know, Mm. and the emotions that those elicit, as opposed to necessarily being tuned in to, I think, what the composer intended. And I think that's up for debate, whether that's a good or bad thing. But, sure. Um, because, you know, truth be told, like you said, we learn so many compositions in so many languages that may not be our own language. And so I think it would be disingenuous to say that I am always invoking what the composer intended. <laughs> because sometimes I don't understand the word-for-word meaning. And 500 years is a long time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. I can barely remember the lyrics to like things I heard on the radio yesterday, you know. <laughs> but this is where practice comes in. And this is where I think, too, if you have a relationship to the bhava, which is the feeling or the underlying emotion of the raga, that, and that, 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 that's kind of the feeling that you are, or at least this is what I do, that I'm using to drive myself mm. through. So I'm actually releasing a promo video this week where I talk about a particular raga called Danyasi which is a very, it has such a unique identity that cannot be broken down into a scale, you know? If I, if I sang the scale, you'd be like, oh, that's cool, but it would actually wouldn't resemble really. Oh, f- go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. 
It's actually a blues scale going up. It's a blues scale. Okay, so that's basically the scale. But then... Yeah, the scales, it's like thinking, uh, looking at a, a map of a of a mountain and thinking it's the mountain, right? It's like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like it doesn't give you the trees and the right, like the topography or like yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. Um, and you know, I kind of talk about how for me, this this raga is so driven by like all those other things, the little movements, all those qualities, yeah. yeah. And like for me, when I hear the ragas like this, I think of like my grandmother, you know, and like doing like puja and like kind of the devotion she had to mm-hmm. her her goddess you know the the idol she 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 kind of prayed to every day and she would sing when she prayed she would sing when she prayed mm-hmm. exactly and so for me that's kind of what I, the space i'm in right um and even if i don't have that practice in my daily life what i love about these traditions is it allows you to kind of transport yourself into that world momentarily sure it's and like that's a beautiful time thing. travel yeah and totally. so like someone like your grandmother, I don't mean maybe she studied music, maybe she didn't, but are there people who are just, they're, they're not, they never actually studied, but somehow they actually know all these ornamentations and they're just like, oh yeah, that that's that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, these have come out of uh, people's daily lives, these ornamentations, you know, in some ways. You know, they attribute a lot of the the vocalizations to Vina, right? Vina. Oh, of course. So the yeah. Vina guy. Stringed he, instrument. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you heard. The, it's the, the pulling of the string. Yeah. For those of Not you. Not the most natural, I would say, of vocalizations. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've heard like, there, <laughs> yeah, when, when my, you know, when I've heard my grandparents sing, you, you do hear that kind of, um the melisma and the voice, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of the emotion sits there. Um, so I think these aesthetics have be- been built over time. It's, it's, um, and I think it's interesting because this is very much like theory and practice are like constantly in conversation with each other. Sure. So like you'll have a raga where there isn't a particular note allowed in that raga. But if a popular artist of the time uses that new note, then that becomes part of the raga, right? So like, right. it's hard to even say actually where some of these things come from. It's, it's community driven in so many ways. Right. And um, yeah. I guess that the Hindustani music, those the people associate that uh, with being music of the the courts and the Mughal mm. emperors and Akbar and all these kind of people. But this the Carnactic music is, is much more like of the temples. Is it like did they have patrons in the same they way? They did, they did. So a lot of these composers were members of the court. Too. Mm-hmm. And so they were like kind of commissioned uh, by kings to create. Um, that's definitely true. And there was a, a temple culture, for both in music and dance, of kind of courtesans, temple, you know, devadasis and dance, who kind of were the keepers of a lot of these traditions. Interesting. Um, and, you know, it's, it's I think, um, over definitely in the 20th century, and there's a great book on this by Amanda Weidman called um, 
voicing, oof, voicing the classical, I think it's called. And she talks about how it became sort of a colonial project um, of the urban, urban elites to sort of assert the validation of this music by saying, oh, no, we have this complex notation system, you know, oh. and, uh, and um, you know, we have a pedagogy. And to kind of formalize it in this way so that it could be seen on par by the British with mm. other, you know, cl- classical traditions of the West. But I think in some ways that was something that was just sort of made up, I, I, you know, and I, and I defer, def- I'm, not, I'm not a ethnomusicologist or historian. Um, you know, uh, Devesh Soneji stu- has been studying this, um, as have many, many great, uh, you know, anthropologists. But I think there is, there is debate, and I think it's worth researching and talking mm. about kind of who has sort of had the reins of this tradition and what has that done for the aesthetics of it. For sure. Um, and it's been, in, it's been in dialogue with, I think, film music too. So a lot of the, um, you know, big players, karatic vocalists of the mid-20th century also sang in film. And so you have some of the film aesthetics coming in as well. Um, and you have karatic influencing film too. Um, so that, I think, was an interesting point of where hybridity started to come into play. Sure. But, you know, this has been driven... Um, by upper caste urban elites uh, in Madras for the last 50 plus years, more than that, <laughs> mm. you know. Um, so I think it would be wrong to not address that on some level. Sure. But I, but I like to believe that this is absolutely an evolving form and there are attempts now to kind of talk more openly about um, about how we can kind of make it more inclusive um, and for me, by doing this album, I think I'm definitely trying to reach audiences who have not heard this music. And I'm very curious to see what, they, what they're getting out of it. You know, if they haven't had a grandmother who would casually sing this in the kitchen while she was right. cooking, then what does this bring out for them, mm. you know? Um, and I think, I, you know, and I grew up in America, I'm a diaspora kid, and so what does this music do for someone like that is also my interest. Um, which is why I named it in English. All the titles are in English. Um, I'm doing promo videos where I'm connecting it to just like everyday life um, because, you know, I, I, I would love to see, and not from an, a preservation point of view because I don't think you can ever keep anything still. It always has to evolve. Mm-hmm. But like, it would be sad to me if like, you know, in a hundred years, no one knew what this music was mm. and no one was putting the time in to study this music or really listen to it with the attention it needs. Um, and I loved what you said earlier in the program about attention span because right. I think we're losing it these days, you know? I Wait, mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Half the viewers are probably gone. This is like there's four people left listening to this interview. Um, <laughs> Speaking of which, let's, uh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's hear some do music. more music. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Um, I'm going to share a a little bit of a slower track. Um, And um, this was actually by a guest violinist, uh, Shruti Sarathi. Um, And this is called Nira Jakshi, beautiful raga hindonam, the equivalent of which is Malkons in the Hindustani tradition. Um, And one of my favorite composers, Muttaswami Dikshadar. And it's about uh, a goddess. So um, here we go, Nira Jakshi. Nirajakshi Yeah. 
So your um, radio is not receding into the distance. We were just <laughs> fading out there. Um, just because uh, we wanted to touch upon a couple more tracks before the end. But that was really beautiful. That was a like, very okay. uh, unique feeling to that mm. that one. Kind of a like a sensual, mysterious feeling there. Mm. Um, so you were born... You were born in California? Yeah. yeah. Wh- which state? Wh- wh- uh, I mean, which what part? state which state of California? I know. <laughs> California is that big, you know? Uh, <laughs> and you know, global warming, it's separating right, into yeah. an island. So. Um, uh, Bay Area, San Jose, oh, California. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was very fortunate to learn from um, uh, an artist by the name of Asha Ramesh, um, who comes from the DK Jadamin tradition, of Carnatic music, um, and yeah, so she was my major formative uh, teacher. And yeah. but you always had a, a liking for this music. That's a good question. I um, I really owe it to my parents for that, uh, for sort of introducing me to this music. Uh, neither of them are artists or are from art- artist families, but my dad especially really loved this music, and he, you know, he never got the chance to kind of formally train, so. But he is a percussionist. He plays murdangam and morsing, which is like right. there's different a, names. Like a yeah, jaw Jews, harp. Huh? Jaw harp, exactly. That's my best impression. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that puts you in the yeah top five morsing <laughs> vocals. Seriously, your morsing vocals in New York certainly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but that that's a very popular song, right? The one that you were just doing. It's a classic, part of the canon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, two notes is all you need to hear. Right. He would like quiz me on ragas on the way to school. You know, wow. he would play music, and I mean, and it was really inspiring. I think because I saw how much he had taught himself that this could be accessed by someone who de- didn't right. necessarily come from a family where this was, you know, commonplace. So that was one thing that was great. And I saw how kind of he lit up when he heard the music. So it was almost like an instructional guide for how mm-hmm. to listen to Carnatic right. music, you know. And all these, a lot of artists would stay at our house. So they would come on these national tours. And my parents were very involved in the community. Um, and so they would volunteer for these, you know, big shows and um, ended up becoming organizers themselves. And so a lot of these artists would stay over. And so I grew up having to sing in front of the you know, in front of them, the obligatory, right. uh, yeah, yeah, my daughter sings, why don't, Rupa, why don't you sing? And then that's when you try to disappear from the room. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are all, you know, the growing pains, but also really kind of, Invaluable moments, um, I think, in my journey. Wow, that's yeah. amazing! What would your what, what kind of work did your dad do? Uh, he's an engineer. You know, yeah, I was going to guess that, unique. but then I was thought <laughs> it would be like a stereotype, obnoxious <laughs> thing for me. Although like, he's oh, a civil it? mechanical engineer. Okay, yeah, You're not, not tech, a computer not guy. No, okay. he, the real engineering, as he would say, <laughs> <laughs> physical. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I really, I really have to, you know, thank Appa for that and. You know, it was like, did you do homework? Did you practice? These were the questions that were asked. Right. And my mom, um, you know, actually didn't know much about Carnatic music when she got married. And I think um, kind of got schooled by my dad. But she was very much a dancer and loved Bharatanatyam. And so I also trained in that. And that was my first love, actually. was uh, And I learned from Indumati Ganesh in the Bay Area in the Varavur style. And um, I really fell in love, I think, with the mythology Vindia with the stories, with the ragas, the emotions oh, of it. Oh, so that really brings you in better, right? The dance yeah, kind of? Totally, totally. Yeah. And that's why I think I enjoy singing for dance too, which I do quite a bit. So. Wow. Well, 
where the clock is ticking. Okay. Speaking of dance, why don't I um, play? Well, we're on the radio. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I believe my dancing transcends all mediums. Do we have time for two songs? Well, we have 10 minutes. We We have 10 minutes. You can just give me the nod. Okay. So let's play um, Grand Vishnu Hotel first, um, which is in the beautiful Raga Kapi. Um, And, uh, you know, there there are all these gems in in our tradition, like Anattavam Shedane, Jagodo Dharana, that are in this Raga, Chinanjirikiliye. And so this particular copy is uh, probably not one you've heard before, actually. It's a composition of Mysur Vasudevachar. And um, I, I really, really enjoyed um, this, this version of it. So that's why I wanted to include it in this album. Um, before before yeah. you play it, I, yeah. I don't want to forget yes. to ask you where people can get the album. Oh, my God. Because that would be, be like the whole, we'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I know. Uh, it will be available on all the digital platforms. So... Uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Amazon Music, Savan, uh, YouTube. Um, but I would love to, to direct people to my Bandcamp as well. Which is the most equitable platform for musicians, ladies and gentlemen. If <laughs> digital. Yeah. Yes, yes. So it's releasing this week um, on Thursday, December 5th. Um, and yeah, I would, I would so appreciate it if people tuned into this music. Right. And shared it with their Rupa with their in friends. Six Yards. Rupa in Six Yards, a Carnatic playlist. Um, six Yards refers to the the length of a sari, um, which is the uh, is the kind of outfit I wear when I wear Carnatic music. So it's kind of an ode to the transformation that happens uh, for me when I when I wear a sari and sit on a stage. Great. All right. Let's let's. So let's hear Grand Vishnu Hotel. Here we go. Bajamadavam Anisham
Okay, um, and I think for the last one, we have Shimmer, which is a Tilana in uh, one of my favorite ragams, Sindhu Bhairavi. Um, so, hope you enjoy, and thanks, David, for having me on the show. My pleasure. The new album is called Rupa, or the upcoming album is called Rupa in Flux. You can follow Rupa Mahadevan. She has a Patreon page. Keep her afloat. And, um, yeah, thanks for coming. It's always fun.
All right. As we transition to our arts programming, we say goodbye to Rupa. Any any special people you want to thank before we... Yeah. Uh, um, I cannot fail to mention my uh, guru in India. So I um, went to India on a Fulbright to study and further my training. And I uh, was so fortunate to come under the, um, the guidance of Sugana Vardhachari, um, a leading guru in the Carnatic tradition today. Um, and many of these kritis I've learned from Mami. Um, as well as from Ashanti, Asha Ramesh, who I mentioned earlier. So um, I would be remiss in not m- mentioning Sugana Mami. And of all course, right. my parents and all of you for uh, for experiencing this music with me. All right. Thanks, Thank listener. You. And uh, stay tuned. It's time for Studio A.